Listen up, everyone. We have been just informed that there's an unknown virus that's attacking all clubs. Symptoms have been said to be heavy breathing, wild dancing, coughing. So when you hear the sound, run for cover, motherfucker. Welcome in, you are listening to another episode of KeepTheChange.co.nz's Money Mail, week number 162, and just like that, there is an unknown, but it is now known virus that is attacking all of us, the recession. Finally, finally we are in the recession and we know this, we have the data. If you haven't already, I would suggest having a listen to the podcast that Mikey and I stood up. Uh, on the Friday night, it was the day after, they'd confirmed that we were in a recession. We go through some of the technicalities of that as well and talk about what we see coming next. Now, I think that with all of this chat around recession and contraction and things like this, it can be very easy to get caught up in thinking that things are going to be pretty bleak. And I'd like to remind everybody including myself, that we need to look to the future, we need to zoom out, we need to think about what things we want to achieve, what visions we have for our lives, where we can access and capture some growth that isn't just about finances and the economy and money and paying down our mortgages faster, all those sorts of things. And this is ultimately what the theme of these podcasts has been about for so long now. And to remind you that you can still upskill in a recession, you can still build relationships, you can go and look for things that are going to bring you fulfillment that may not pay you, but may make you really happy, you can still volunteer, you can go and play, and whatever it is that's going to bring you some enjoyment to your life, and so remember that finances and the economy and that tracking GDP is just one metric and measure of a nationwide economy. And you can also set yourself the goal that you don't fit into that. You don't care what the GDP growth is or isn't. You want to make sure that you grow your way and you challenge yourself to do bigger and better than what the average is, i.e. the economy. But naturally, when we continue to talk about things not going well, then it can often be what happens. And We've spoken about that on a number of podcasts as well, especially when we're talking about house prices. You know, there's a saying that if people expect house prices to go down, they will go down. If people expect them to go up, they will go up because people will then map their behavior and take action based on their thoughts. And that is no different for you and I across everything in our lives. If we think that something is the way that it's going to be, then naturally we will probably take action towards that happening or not happening. So be very, very mindful of the thoughts that you have uh, with all of the stuff that is going on as well. So we could have, for week number 162, dug deep into the recession and whatnot, but I feel like I'd done a good job if I was to give myself a pat on the back and say, you should be well prepped, you should understand what it is, you shouldn't be surprised, Uh, you should be ready for this or getting ready for it, you shouldn't be like, you fucking what, we're in a recession, that should be not much of a shock to you, and you should hopefully be further ahead than some other Kiwis would be. However, I do know that a number of you are only just starting to listen, and you may be finding this recently, 
and that's okay too. There is an abundance of content here that you can get to. Now, make sure you take action off the back of it too. And recently I've set up a KTC school community group for people to be able to join into and get around other people that are on their financial journey and hear and share lessons uh, from and with those people that are inside that community as well. So I sent out an email with a link to join that if you want to, and that is a way that as you achieve more in your financial journey too, you'll be able to pass some of those lessons back to other people who may be stuck, and so that it's not just about me uh, and Mikey or the other guests that come on the podcast over the time, because there's a lot of people that have done some cool shit out there, and I think that if we can get those people telling stories and sharing help with other people who may be you know, still working through some of their things, then it provides a layer of hope, and I genuinely believe that we lack layers of hope at the moment and things to grab onto and go, yeah, you know, that's pretty cool, that's uh, that's exciting, because a lot of the chat is just sort of negative and coming back at us the, the, the wrong way. So we want to try and encourage a environment and community of hope so that people can see, you know, where they are come from, where they have come from, and that may inspire other people to think, well, if they have, then maybe I can too. And this reminds me, I've literally just finished before jumping on here, touching up my presentation to the year 11s when I go down to speak at Wellington College on Friday. I fly down there uh, in the afternoon, no, in the morning and then come back for the afternoon and back and back to the desk. But what I'm going to open this year with these young fellas is talking about dreams, goals and vision. And I've got three, three slides and one of them, or three images, and one of them is Michael Jordan talking about how before he even made the NBA in his college basketball, he had already seen himself hitting winning shots and being the hero of his team. Now, we all know that Michael Jordan is a fucking absolute weapon and went on to become Michael Jordan, one of the most recognisable names in the world. Now, he displayed vision, confidence in himself, courage as well, and you can't take that off him now. But I think for a lot of Kiwis... If you were to say, you know, I want to be the hero of the team, people are like, oh, come on, man, you know, why do you have to be the fucking hero? You know, it would be met with a negative connotation. But if you said that to Michael Jordan, he'd probably slap you in the face and be like, fuck off, I don't care what you think. So I'm probably not going to tell the story in that way, but I'm just going to discuss vision and talk about, you know, someone seeing and visualizing the fact that they can be the hero of their team. And we'll talk about what that could mean. Secondly, uh, a photo of Jacinda Ardern, and I may have told you the story, there's a newspaper cutting of her winning a speech competition, and the title is something like uh, Jacinda Ardern for Prime Minister One Day, something like that. So I should probably get the actual title, I'm just not sure if my internet's going to load whilst we're here. Um, Yes, it will. Jacinda for PM is literally the title. Now, obviously, I know that not everybody likes her, I don't know if these kids do, but again, I don't really care, you know, take the message, not the messenger, she's a very recognisable person, and you cannot uh, take away the fact that she became Prime Minister, so you start to get a picture that these things, you know, they are they are possible, and when we learn from other people that they're possible, then hopefully we can grab onto a bit of that hope too, and the final one too is... Conor McGregor, if you have a clear picture in your head of something that's going to happen, then nothing can stop it. And he's huge on this. Again, 
not everyone's going to like Conor McGregor, and this is why I've got three of them, because I'm like, well, fuck, I'll put three, because if I do one, people are like, oh, I don't like him, though, so, and they're probably, boys are probably already thinking that at year 11, I don't like Conor McGregor, I don't like basketball, I don't like Jacinda, so I'm like, well, surely, amongst all of you, uh, you may, those uh, year 11s, and hopefully you guys may like or resonate with one of them, but even if you don't, like, who cares, you know, take the message, these people have a clear vision for the things that they want to achieve in their life, and they go out there and they have a crack at it, and they achieve some of these things. So it's a blueprint for us that this concept can work. And so we need to be thinking about our dreams, our vision, and our goals. But in a tough economic time, it can be very hard to do that. Now, lastly, on Conor McGregor, whether you like his sport, whether you like the way he does things, etc., you cannot take away the data that he was on a benefit and he was receiving some form of government support. And now he... I don't know, he'd probably end up a billionaire. So that is pretty bloody inspirational whether you do or don't like him. That is a hell of a story. Anyway, let's get into this week. So well, 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 I started it off with a bit of recession chat. They told us we were, then we weren't, then we might be, then we dodged it. But now data confirms that we're in a recession and have been since the start of October 2022. I could add to the convo and write about this or read out more and tell you more about this. But really, KTC content was designed to get you ready for the uh, this recession hitting over the last nine months. And I think it'll get worse from here anyway. So you really want to start getting your shit sorted. Now, I'll give you one reminder from Money Mail 151 when I said this day would come. And this is why I did this email out early, the Money Mail in 151, to get people thinking this is what's literally going to happen, and it did. If we have another negative quarter, the engineer recession is here, and the breaking news, red flashing lines, will be New Zealand is in a recession. And that, I think, is just about word for word what I screenshot off of the One News website. Now, I went to the Herald, I went to Stuff, I went to All of them just to have a quick look, and every news outlet had that shit pumping and I mean as they should because it's big news so people will say wow we're now in a recession where realistically we've been in it for nine months because it's been October November December January February March April May June there's nine months that we're in a recession and by the end of the June uh, by the end of June so you know the, the data is very lagged and it takes two quarters for a technical recession but naturally people will now start to worry about your job security, about what's happening uh, in the economy and are people, customers going to come to their stores, all those types of things. So now we enter a deeper um, likelihood of a psychological recession where people start to change the way they make decisions because this thing is real all of a sudden when realistically we're nine months into it. So just like the weather, we go through seasons. You can't control the seasons, but you can control how you let the seasons impact you. Please remember that. This is no different for you and I. If we just sit around not doing anything and not doing the things we know we need to do, we will end up in a rut. And this is what we've been covering so much recently. Are you putting a budget together? Are you pre- are preparing for your interest rates going up? Read out examples of people saying that they're feeling anxious and depressed about the situation that they're in and the things that they're trying to do to solve it. And you're almost like, well, you might have had 12 OCR increases to get yourself thinking about this a little bit sooner. But anyway, humans, you know, we take action as late as possible. So no matter what ends up happening in the economy, you, tr- you need to remember that you can still control the actions that you take. So focus on what you can control. Now, we don't need to go any further into that because that's so much uh, of what we've been talking about recently. So that this week, which is now last week, I wanted to look at a positive and I think it's a big one. And there's another podcast coming where I discuss this with Mikey and it's a little bit of a call to some of you who may be 
these people who I think can really change this country. So in 2021, Statistics New Zealand reported that there are just over 562,000 businesses in New Zealand. Now, I think there's a big misconception in New Zealand that business owners have it good. And if the big companies can do things, why can't the small ones? This is a little bit the danger of the internet and the service we receive from using big online businesses and using you know other big businesses around New Zealand is that it can build an expectation that that's what you think a small business can deliver to you as well. But they may not have the resources, the time, the staff, the processes, the technology, the innovation to be able to do that. So sometimes our expectations of smaller business can be a little bit unfair, even for us as employees when we are working in them because we may be comparing it to what our mates are getting, what pay rises they are getting, what colour beanbags they get, whether they're getting their free lunch, whether the boss shouted a pedicure, etc, etc, and thinking, well, what the hell, where's mine? So just a heads up, 35.5% of businesses have sales of less than $100,000. So over one in three businesses in New Zealand do not have sales or turnover or revenue, whatever term you want to use, over $100,000. Now only 14.6% of businesses have sales over a million dollars in New Zealand. Now we'll talk about this more in an another lesson because I think again there's a misconception that you know businesses just crack crack it and they turn over heaps of money and they have heaps you know even if you strip out the expenses to run a business at a million dollars you got profit and you got to pay tax on that at roughly a third a third and it doesn't leave too much left over so I mean of course it, it can and it does for some but a lot like they don't do as well as what I think people think that they do do but every time I provide these statistics, often I'll get business owners be like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm in the top 15%. I didn't know that. Have you got any more data? Can you tell me more about this? And even if you stripped out the construction, the big construction businesses out of that over a million dollars in turnover, when really they're probably buying a lot of stuff in and then selling it back out with a small margin on it, that percentage comes down even more. But anyway, we're not going to talk about that today. For now, You may hear people asking things like, where are the beanbags, the four-day work weeks, the superannuation top-ups, the vegan cupcakes, the unlimited sick days, the free 490-inch widescreen on my ergo desk? Come on, small business owners, just provide this. Now, if you've been employed in your life, there's a high chance that you're working alongside the 70.65% of people who work in organizations with 20 people or more. So 70.65% of people work in organizations with 20 people or more. Now guess what, 3% of Kiwi businesses hire that 70.65% of people. So 70.65% of the total workforce is employed by 3% of businesses. Now 57% of Kiwis work in an organisation that has over 50 staff. Now 1% of Kiwi businesses hire that 57% of people. So as you can see, it's pretty concentrated at the top, isn't it? Now 29.3% of Kiwis are employed by a business with 20 or fewer staff. So nearly one third of Kiwis work in a business with 20 or fewer staff. Now guess what? 97% of Kiwi businesses have fewer than 20 staff and higher than 29.3% of people. Now you may be surprised to know too that the New Zealand's total workforce is 2,393,400 people. This is from Statistics New Zealand's business demography data. Demography? Is that the word? Fuck, I don't know. I didn't do English. Well, I wasn't very good at it anyway. But anyway... This is data that's always moving because there are businesses opening, closing, uh, we're getting more people in the workforce, but basically you know, 2.4 million Kiwis is our total workforce, that's it. The public sector, just FYI, 
is around 448,200 of those people. That was in 2022. So 18.7% of New Zealand's total workforce uh, work in central government and local government. So it's a, it's a fair chunk of people. So 88% of them work in central uh, and 12% in local government. So, you know, that might be police, teachers, etc. Uh, whereas local government is more councils and stuff like that. So over the last five years, the overall public sector workforce increased by 15.3%, with central government up 157 and local government up 12.5%. This compares with a 9.4% growth rate in the private sector over the same period. So you can see that the public sector has grown faster than what the private sector has. Now that is a little bit why people in business have been saying, you know, where, where are these people? I can't seem to find anyone because we're almost at what's called, um, I actually don't know the correct terminology, so I could get that wrong, but there's just about like no one else left to hire and it can be really hard to, to find people to hire and when the government are employing more people as well, you know, the private sector are then competing with them, but they've probably got bigger budgets, bigger pockets, uh, can fight inflation differently, and that's, you know, everybody's competing for the same types of people to try and get them working. And whether that's right or wrong, like, I, I don't know whether those percentages, whether that's different from normal, whether those things should be closer together in terms of growth of the private and the public sector, I don't have a strong uh, opinion or understanding of that stuff, but basically they're growing faster than the private sector. Now, as well, people are like, oh, yeah, but that's because of COVID and whatnot, but don't get that confused. This isn't about contractors and consultants. The spend on contractors and consultants in the same year was up, I think, 32% on the year before and actually ticked over the billion-dollar mark. So the employees that are employed by the public sector, uh, are also aided by the consultants and the contractors, which makes up another spend, well, another billion dollars of spend. So they've got a lot of firepower to, to try and work through things. And then, of course, then you have people wondering, well, then how is it that, you know, things are going backwards? And that's where conversations get very, very tricky. But anyway, I'll leave that to your favourite politician to lie to you about what may be happening in that space, because no doubt they've all got a different opinion uh, about what is right or wrong, and I have no idea what the correct answer is. So by now, well, apart from uh, the fact that you want to look after yourself because they're probably not going to solve the things they say they are. But anyway, they could be listening. So by now, you've had more stats than the fifth form year 11 math class, and you want me to slow down before you throw a blackboard duster at me. Maybe a whiteboard duster. Blackboard's probably a bit old school. Anyway, you get it. Most people are employed by a very small percentage of businesses and your sense of what other businesses will be like may be distorted by this. But this isn't the statistic I want you to focus on. And that's actually now we get into what this message is about and what the big opportunity is. So 71% of businesses have zero employees. And we do an entire pod with Mikey talking about this too where I explain it to him to get his thoughts. Now, you might be surprised to know that over 400,000 of our 546,000 businesses in New Zealand hire zero staff. I think this is single-handedly our biggest opportunity in New Zealand. Now, if they're, a problem sol uh, if they're solving a problem in the market that can actually be scaled, imagine if we could teach these people to be, uh, to be employees and to scale, of course, if they want to. I put a little bit of this on LinkedIn and I had people say, you know, I've hired people in the past, I'd never do it again. I hated having to let people go. I didn't like dealing with the staff issues. Um, I was scaling a business and 
it nearly burnt me out. I don't want to do that. I just want to be self-employed. I don't want staff. So of course, you know, this isn't going to be for everybody. But I think in that batch of 400,000 businesses, there has to be some people that are like, fuck, I want to hire more people. I just need the knowledge and understanding of how to do that, how to build out a team and things like that. And of course, they need a business that is actually sustainable financially so that they can actually do that. Now, this week gone, I was part of a group dinner with a politician and I said that I believe this to be our biggest opportunity as a nation to that politician. Now, I also apologise and said I don't mean to offend politicians, but I don't believe it's going to be them who solve New Zealand's problems, create the jobs, invent technology, speed up processes, save time, educate people, upskill people or find solutions to the world's greatest issues. Sure, politicians will create policies around those things to create the parameters and the boundaries, but it's often the business owners and the entrepreneurs who create the solutions, add value and do the hiring. Entrepreneurship is an outlier activity, a 5% type thing, probably less the, the more intense type entrepreneurs you find, something many people have zero interest in and that is fine. And that's something I recently discussed with Mikey on a podcast where I said, look, you know, it it may not be your thing. And that's the back end of the podcast where I'm explaining a $700,000 property today probably needs to return or be sold for $1.04 million in 10 years time just to break even. So maybe go check that podcast out if if you haven't already. You might be too scared to if you're a homeowner or you're looking to buy, but it's good to give you some actual uh, insight as to what you're going to be up for when you do buy a home. But I also explained to Mikey that not everybody thinks like we do and think like a business owner etc because entrepreneurship is really an outlier activity and of course we're a nation of small businesses 546,000 of them but realistically 71% of them have zero employees. Now um, for some, well, well I've lost my place, entrepreneurship is an outlier activity, a 5% type thing, something many people have zero interest in, cool, we've gone to that piece, so, but for out and out entrepreneurs, these people have long departed from the normal life, they have an unreal sense of ambition and an ability to create value, they are not normal and won't be normal, they need to operate in an environment that allows them to flourish and live into this, I literally had a, well I was going to say lunch, but earlier than lunch I catch up today with somebody who has built a business from scratch, thousands of uh, customers and they they've cashed out and now they are basically wanting to invest some of those funds into different businesses and keep their finger on the pulse with what is happening in business and they love this stuff and they just look at the world in a completely different way and as an example they were basically saying to me it is near impossible in New Zealand to save and stack two million dollars aside but you can do it very quickly through building a business and selling it and getting out of it tax-free because we don't have a capital gains tax. And that is just one way that business owners will look at things completely differently. And they also said, look, you know, I've parked money in property before and enjoyed investing in that, but as the game's changed, as the rules of the game have changed, as I've taught you about before, they're like, I've got to deploy more of that capital back into business because I can deduct my interest, I can get a a sale uh, tax-free and there are a number of other benefits for that too. So really true entrepreneurial people, they're not playing by the standard rules of life of kinda get a good income, hope that that job's secure, get a property and slowly pay that down, save some money for retirement, get to 65, do a little bit of travel and wait for death. Now that may sound grim, but that is literally... A lot 
of people of what a lot of people sign up for, and that is the path that they want to go on, or they may change that later in life and whatnot uh, once they realise that this path's taking too long and it's boring. But really, entrepreneurial people, you know, like Elon, for instance, they're thinking, how can I make an electric vehicle? How can I go to Mars? All this. Yeah, what, what can we do with AI? Where's the smartest people that I can employ to, to completely solve problems and change the way that we do things? They're wired very differently and they don't take the traditional path. Now, if I take you back to uh, May 2023, there was nothing of real substance in the budget for businesses. And I know people were like, well, boohoo, fuck them. They don't, you know, what, why do they need stuff? But realistically, I think we're, if we're honest, most people are looking at the budget from a self-interest lens of well, what's in there for me. For business owners, there, there wasn't too much at all. But to be fair, there are some things in the funding that come through via government for business owners and they can't complain about those things because they received a lot of support throughout COVID. Uh, they had interest-free loans for a while, cheaper loans as well than what you get on the market at the moment. Uh, but there are also ongoing subsidies for businesses looking to hire people who have been on a job seeker benefit or subsidies for taking on an apprentice. So what that means is basically if you hire people and they are currently on a job seeker benefit and you get them into a role, then you may get a subsidy each month for a limited period, and I think it's capped out at an amount, to help them transition into work, and that subsidises your wage bill. Same thing for businesses that take on an apprentice. There's uh, some money around for that too. But what I do think is mind-blowing is that there are no tax credits for technology implementation when we know we have a high uh, issue in New Zealand with productivity. It's a problem for us. We don't rank very well in the OECD. We often don't talk about the stats where we don't rank well in the OECD. We usually talk about it the other way. And we're like, oh, our debt's not too bad compared to other countries in the OECD, but we don't often talk about, fuck, our productivity's not great. What are we doing to fix it? Well, we're not incentivizing ways to improve it by the looks so those things aren't getting better. Now, even in 2021, 28% of businesses don't have a website. Now, as an example, over in Australia, the way to incentivize things like that is if you spend money on those things and they say, okay, you can have a tax deduction, but you can accelerate that tax deduction. So you can um, claim 120% of that expense and they're working through solutions like that. Or, oh, you want to send your staff member on a training course to get better at this? Okay, great. It's going to cost 10 grand, but just for round figures, but we're going to let you claim a $12,000 expense and they set parameters around how much you can do of that sort of thing. And also, okay, you know, you, you want to buy a laptop, that laptop's going to cost $3,000, you can fully expense that asset because it's going to be a good asset to have in your business to speed up um, your business and things like that, which then speeds up hopefully productivity and the economy as well. So they're looking at things a little bit differently. We're probably on the back foot uh, a little bit. But I do wonder, what about a strategy to turn some of these 71% of business owners into the next employer? Wouldn't that be great? What would the effect of that be over time when even more Kiwis have people to learn from? People who have gone into the market, solved a problem, done it financially sustainably and been able to hire and teach someone new. Ask any business owner what it is like hiring their first employee and most say scared. When was the last time you were genuinely scared at your work? Now, I speak to a number of business owners who want to hire their first staff member and they are shit scared. It is such a scary situation. I actually do a lot of work where I take them through a 90-day program to help them get ready for that and know whether it is the right time or not and then think about what it is that they need to do. But uh, if you want an example of that, there's a new podcast coming out uh, called 71% of Businesses Have Zero Employees and I asked Mikey what was his experience like 
when he hired his first person. And I knew that when he when I asked him, he would say that he was shit scared as well. And so he, he gives you a first hand account of his first hire and you can hear it from a, a now business owner that is, is scaling up and adding more people. Now, 40, why is this important? Well, 41% of economic value add is estimated to be produced by our businesses with zero to 20 staff. The economy starts moving and it starts rocking. What that means is that those smaller businesses, those 97% of businesses who have between zero and 20 staff contribute 41% of the economic value add. So they, they do add a lot to the economy. Now, if we can get more people hiring and adding value to the economy, that's only going to increase and it's just going to leave footsteps behind for other people to have a crack in the future as well. The number of zero employee businesses has increased significantly over the last decade, no doubt as the laptop internet economy has been embraced. So what I mean there is that you know, compared to the numbers of businesses employing people, the, that they've only increased slightly, whereas the number of people, businesses with no staff has increased significantly. Now, more people are probably going, you know what, I think I could do my own business via my laptop and sell on the internet and things like that. I don't need any staff, uh, but I'll quit my job and do that. So over the last decade, that has massively increased, whereas the number of businesses employing people has only increased slightly. Now, I know that there will be a number of people reading this and listening to this who are on the fence about hiring someone. Some people will want to start something on the side. They won't even be thinking about hiring, and that's all good and well. It doesn't matter where you are and what you're considering, but get closer to those who have gone before you and done it. They have your lessons, and this is exactly what I was doing today. I spent some time with somebody who has scaled a business, who has sold um, and done this multiple times, and they've got children, so they're way ahead of me in terms of what they've done, but there are so many lessons in how they've done it and what they currently have that I can learn from. And I have to apologize every time I hang out with these type of people. I'm like, sorry, I just need to make some notes. And they kind of laugh at me. Uh, but I'm like, fuck, I need to come back and, and review what they're saying there. And so I'm talking about things that I'm doing and they're saying, well, have you considered it from this angle or what about this? Or you might be overthinking that piece and, and vice versa. And so, you know, I think it's really important to try and get around people that have gone before you because it will inspire you. And that's exactly what I was talking about at the start with Jacinda, with uh, Michael Jordan, whether it's Conor McGregor, etc. There are people across all these different areas of life that have the lessons that we just need to go and extract it from them. And I had someone asking me in the gym this morning, you know, how do you how do you get closer to mentors? Well, there's no silver bullet. I mean, I mean there is. It's called LinkedIn. You just go on there, you find the people and you message them and be like, fuck, I'd love to pick your brain. You look amazing and make it all about them rather than be like, hey, I'd love to catch up for a coffee. Well, that, that you know, this literally this person said to me today, I am worth more than $4.50. I don't need you to shout me a coffee. So you've got to be careful how you do that. You need to say that you uh, really admire what they've done. You need to know what they've done, and you, then you need to know what you want from them. When people do this to me, I literally say back, I'm like, what is it that you wanted to catch up about? And often people won't respond because I think they're like, fuck, uh, I hadn't even thought about that. I'm like, well, you know, I would love to catch up with every single person, but I just can't. It's not scalable. So you know, be ready for that question. If people are time poor and they've got things that they need to be working on as well, they're probably going to want to know, you know, why is it? Um, and if you can create some form of value exchange, then you never know. But often when you're starting, you don't have that value to give to them. So then you've got to default back to 
what do humans like? They like to feel important. Okay, well, I'm going to message this person. I'm going to make them feel important. I'm not going to waste their time, and I'm going to tell them exactly what it is that you'd like to know about, and you're going to offer to pay. You're going to do everything you can that is in your control to ensure that you may get a yes because you're probably not the only one reaching out to these people. But, you know, the, the main thing is that you actually do it. Don't think, or oh, how, you know, it's really hard to get in touch with mentors in New Zealand. Well, what have you done? You know, if you haven't done anything, you don't actually have that data to know that that's true. And I have multiple stories about people that are way here to me, people on rich lists, uh, people that have run some of New Zealand's most recognisable brands and attempting to do this and them saying yes. So I've got to practice it too. Uh, and today I was out there doing it as well. And you will be blown away who is willing to, to help you um, and who is willing to give you their time if you go about it the right way. So to conclude, you don't need to reinvent the wheel, you just need to understand what you are doing and why. If you have it in you, the country needs you now more than ever. And this is obviously in reference to thinking about hiring or having a crack at something. We need more people innovating, ingenuity, you know, all that good stuff, having a dream, having a vision, uh, believing in themselves, hiring people and making sure that they can actually afford to and getting the right people around them to ensure that they do it and they do it well uh, and they can build out something that's going to benefit the country and leave some footsteps behind for other people. So next week uh, we will look at why this may be the best time to go about doing this, recession and all. So stay tuned for Friday's Money Mail number 163. You are one of over 7,700 recipients of the email, plus it goes on LinkedIn to another few thousand people. If you know someone that would enjoy this content, please share it with me. The podcast has currently got over 30,000 listeners a month, which is exciting, and partly that is due to you sharing the content to your Instagram stories and leaving a five-star review. So if you haven't done that already, I see on Spotify we're up to 1,300, which is really, really cool to see. So thank you for doing that. If you haven't left one, uh, then please, that would mean a lot to myself. And Mikey reckons that when we get to 5,000, he's going to do something to celebrate. So we've got a long way to go. But anyway, before we get out of here, did you know 45% of all jobs created in the 2020 calendar year were in small businesses with 1 to 19 employees? So 45% of all jobs created in the 2020 calendar year were in small businesses with 1 to 19 employees. So they create a lot of jobs. Uh, sometimes these businesses don't always last, they don't always stick. But if we can get the right education around these people and help them understand to run business better, then who knows what sort of country we could end up with what sort of economy and like I said before we've got the right people doing the right things that are then going to leave footsteps for other people that are still to come to be able to follow on and kick ass themselves run for cover motherfucker <laughs>